1: All right, Scott, I'm going to try and not mess this intro up here. Uh, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is October 26th, 2021. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto Amazing Selection, Reliably Low Prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Also, got to thank you guys for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm your host, Brian Fisher, 97 on the ticket producer with me as always is Scotty Bentley also host the lockdown tigers as well as host here on lockdown red wings. Scotty, I think I nailed that.
0: That was beautiful, man. That yeah. was that stick taps. That was beauty. That was an absolute beauty, man. I, you uh, you really, you really killed that. You really just stepping in and, and, uh, and making Nolan cry of envy that was that was really phenomenal
1: I hope Nolan cries because he's proud of me not out of envy we love nah, nolan I think still. it's a little bit of both even though he you, said he you, was gonna, gonna delete my contact at the last'
0: his last episode man he had a little he had a little taste of salt in there little <laughs> little high sodium he level. said he was
1: gonna delete my contact information but not yours I don't know why that what that was about. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, that was interesting. That was a hell of a way to go out. He well plays it, but no, like, you I'm killed it, man. Guys. That was a great intro. Great right. intro.
1: Uh, we got some stuff to talk about today. It, it was an off day for the Red Wings, but we kind of wanted to, we hinted at it on Monday. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit more about the Filipronic getting scratched in back-to-back games and what that could mean for the Detroit Red Wings. Um, also kind of want to touch on the Tyler Bertuzzi situation. It's obviously you, Scotty, and Nolan have brought it up before. Uh, When it first broke, he is now the sole unvaccinated player in the league. And we finally got our first taste of it on Saturday. And we kind of wanted to go in more depth as to the impact that had on the Red Wings. Uh, We're also going to talk about Seattle Kraken and how they did something really, really stupid uh, on Saturday night. Just really dumb. And then finally, we're going to finish this out with getting to know your hosts, me and, of course, Scotty Bentley. Always Beauty. venerable. It's a hell of an
0: episode. It is. It's I gonna do be. Say fun. so myself.
1: We're gonna we're gonna knock this thing out. Um, let's lead off with this Phil Pronic thing, Scotty. I, I don't. It's what's really weird is the fact that he got scratched two games in a row while being the time on the ice leader. But the Red Wings fans, i.e., us, not getting a solid reason as to why he was scratched, and going as far as just. First, actually, just honestly, Jeff Fisher avoided it, and he said in the Saturday post game presser that he chose between it was a choice between Stetcher and Horneck to play in that game, and I don't understand why it was a choice between those two players. I, all everything about
0: this is weird. Everything, everything about it's weird, man. I, the saying that, well, I mean, starting off with that, that is a weird thing to say that you are heavily deciding between your, up to this point in the season, comfortably your ice leader on defense uh, versus Troy Stetcher is a very interesting start to to this kind of, I don't know, dialogue. Uh, It's a very, very, very weird situation. And then, yeah, getting stretched twice in a row. The one thing that I guess we kind of have to keep in mind is that the Red Wings organization runs such a tight ship. When, especially when it comes to injuries like that, like I, I'm not saying that it's that it, it. To our knowledge, he just got healthy twice in a row. But I, I mean, like Burt was day to day the entire season last year. You know what I mean? Like, like it, they, they do have a, a a very tight ship that they do run, I guess. But this really does seem like. It is just getting healthy twice in a row and going from leading the defense in minutes. And I'm not saying that he was great by any stretch. He was actually uh, he actually struggled quite yes. a lot in in up to that season as far as his on ice performance, uh, especially against uh, against Tampa to start off the year. He, I mean, I mean he he hasn't looked great, but it's definitely weird to go from leading the team in minutes to healthy twice in a row especially when one of the teams is uh is in Canada and you're already down Burt yes and now you're going to take off the dude leading the team in ice minutes it's a really weird situation
1: well and another thing to keep in mind too that I I felt was really strange about this whole thing and so to your point he has not been good he he really hasn't so if it's a healthy scratch because of performance standpoint I actually do understand that and they did do that Mantha started last season really, really bad. Remember, that was that whole stretch. Mm -hmm. He got the contract. That's part of what people speculate led Eisenman to pulling trigger on the trade is because he was underperforming on the contract he had just gotten. And kind of seeing the same trend here with Phil Peronic. again, only four games. But if you look at the advanced metrics, his Corsi is at 39.9%. And for those of you guys who don't know what Corsi is, a lot of you guys who were listening are huge Red Wings fans. But that evaluates the positive impact a player has when he is on the ice about the above 50% means the team is controlling the puck more often than not when the player is on the ice in any given situation. His percentage right now is 39.9%, 11% under that 50% marker where you want players to be at on average. It's also a 9% drop from his season last year. Granted small sample size, four games, but it shows that he has been underperforming. If it's because he's underperforming, I get it. But the fact of the matter is that Jeff Blashill has not said that that's the reason. He has gone uh, He has gone out of his way to avoid saying it's due to any specific reason. And he hasn't said it's because of like, oh, family, you know, family emergency. If it was a family emergency, they'd say it. If he was sick, I feel like they'd say it. If he was injured, I feel like they would say it. But they aren't saying it, which leads me to believe. I, I Again, this is just speculation on my part. I have no proof, but could it be like a disciplinary thing? Did he break protocol? It's very strange to scratch him two games in a row and then say on Saturday it was a choice between him and Stetcher. Really, I mean, Danny DeKaiser's still on this team.
0: <laughs> there, there's a lot. Like, I, I, I mean, the the defense is is uh, is relatively deep when it comes to the amount of bodies we have. Maybe not talent wise, but as far as the amount of bodies we have on the defensive end, like there there are people you can mix and match, especially on the bottom. The entire bottom four, you can mix and match it, uh, or I guess maybe I should say bottom three. Stall's probably going to be pretty set in there most nights, but. Yeah. I don't know man like there, there's a there's a lot of people you can kind of carousel in and out of the 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 bottom three or four names in the defensive end and I the fact it's just so dramatic which yeah. is so weird because this team like Steve Eismann led teams are are not dramatic when it comes to that maybe dramatic on the ice but but not on the in the sense of of player personnel and coaching decisions and stuff like again we talked about in yesterday's show such a tight ship that is run over there it's weird to see not a not a like demotion not like oh you know like you've been struggling maybe we'll put you on the second or even the third line we will give you like 18 to 20 instead of 26 like there's it's so weird to just go from hey you're getting 24 to 26 now you've been healthy for an entire weekend and on a back-to-back yeah that's that, like, the crazy part too it's weird like, like what it's a it's a back-to-back when you didn't have Burt in the first game of the bag and I know they played different sides of the ice but the point remains they're already down a person you already have a back-to-back where those are those are scheduled sparingly for a reason they do numbers on on fatigue and uh I, I mean we put up a sixth spot and, and got a win on on the second leg of the back-to-back so I guess all is the that the ends team well. was out in front of it,
1: but at, it's weird, man. It's weird. It is very weird. And it makes it, again, it makes it more dramatic that they haven't said why. Like, if they were right. to come out and like give even a half-assed reason as to why heronic didn't play in back-to-back games, then people would accept it. But the fact that they're avoiding giving a real reason makes you think it might be more than performance-based. It could very well be performance-based. It could be just trying to send a mes- message, i.e. Anthony Manta, last season, and I, that logically thinking as I'm talking, probably makes the most sense as to what happened. It's just weird that they didn't mention it. And like you said, and I'm looking at the def- defensive pairings from Shiao's matchup. I think Gustav Lindstrom has played pretty well. All things considered, he's playing above the expectations I had for him. Yeah. Uh, I've been pretty impressed. Nick yeah. Letty's great. Most side most cider has been fantastic. Mark Stahl's been, you know, it's been Mark Stahl. I have no complaints with how he's been playing. No, yeah. He's he's wearing an A with pride. Yeah. So I mean it's a, it is a it's a tight defensive group to try and fit in, but like you said, it's just so strange to go from 25, 26 minutes a night to zero. And I'm not trying to create controversy, controversy where there is none. It's just worth noting that your leading time on the ice. Getting defensemen all of a sudden got scratched in back-to-back games, where you'd think maybe you'd get one of the veterans the night off, but they didn't.
0: They didn't. Like we talked, it's it's, it it doesn't make any sense. I. So, yeah. No, it's it's weird. And, And the again, like all those points we brought up, the the the, it'd be one thing if all of those were isolated. It's the fact that all of those things are happening together. That make it so weird, and and I, I I guess there's not really we've kind of exhausted every avenue, but like it it, it is notably weird. So so I don't know, man. Well, you know it, what else
1: it, was notably weird was I not, would say
0: retiring the number thirty two is really noticeably weird and and stupid.
1: Yes, and we were actually going to get to that on the other side of this break. It's time to talk about BetOnline.ag. They are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and the lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football. Baseball, playoffs, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live and another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part... There's a no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion, and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. There's an old man sitting next to me, making love to his tonic and gym. <laughs> Welcome back to segment two of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, and. Scott Bentley and I are huge liars. We actually teased the Seattle thing, but we're actually going to talk about Bertuzzi because uh, that is something that we we got to touch on. We mentioned it. Obviously, Nolan and Scott talked at length about the repercussions that would come from Bertuzzi being unvaccinated. But we are finally getting our first taste of what that is like after the 6-1 to shellacking that was him being absent in Montreal.
0: Yeah, and it it was so noticeable and the it wasn't just noticeable in the score sheet it, it wasn't cuz obviously he's been one of the best goal scorers so far this year um it was even more noticeable i would say with the the like we talked about in yesterday's show the physicality and the refusal to get pushed around and all that kind of stuff was was absent especially in the second half of the game the second half of the second period and the entire third period that Montreal had their way with us we looked exhausted we looked tired there was no pressure or pushback or fight at all and I I I don't want to put the weight of the world on the dude's shoulders I don't want to say that that's entirely because of Burt because some of it's probably just being down four five and six to one but uh there's no way you're going to convince me that there wouldn't have at least been a little bit more chippiness and fight back in there if, uh, if Burt was on the ice.
1: Well, and the Sunday game was a perfect example of why you need Tyler Bertuzzi. Look at how much elect- more electric that first line was with Tyler Bertuzzi on the ice. He had one goal and two assists. He assisted on two of the Lucas Raymond goals. I mean, that line just clicks. And to not have him, to him, for him being, and I won't go into his reasons as to why he's unvaccinated, because thats it's not my place to speak on that. That's This isn't the podcast for that. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's he's the one player in the NHL as of right now st- that is still unvaccinated, and in my opinion, that is very selfish. Especially when I don't want—I really try not to go down this l- l- line of thought. But it's selfish when getting vaccinated really it, it, there's no ill effects. I mean, every other yeah. player in the NHL is vaccinated, and you're not. And what what's the hold up?
0: Right. Yeah. No. The his reasons are are his reasons. They're that's his own. That's, right. But but the uh, it's definitely a, a huge. It, it is a blow to the team, and and I, I don't want to blow it super big uh, out of proportion or whatnot. But um, it, there, there's no way that that you can sit there and and say that it's not somewhat of a detriment to the team when you're eliminating yourself from what six teams we play road all road games too which are obviously even harder at the nhl level yeah and uh eliminating yourself from all of those games is um no matter what your opinion is is certainly a blow to the on the ice product
1: and i've heard so many people go oh it's just eight games oh it's just eight games i'm like i'm sorry eight games translates to 16 points 16 points is huge in the nhl because it could be the difference between Making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. Not that we're expecting the Wings to make the playoffs. And again, not that Tyler Bertuzzi himself is Connor McDavid and going to single handedly pull the Red Wings into the playoffs. But it's just, it's eight games is not insignificant. And it shows when Tyler is not on the ice how much different this Red Wings team is. To your point, you brought up the grittiness, but the, just the offensive production as well. He's not afraid to get down. Crashed the net. That's how he scored his goal today, crashing the net. Went off his skate. Went off he the scored a lot of scored. them
0: so far this year. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, I, I brought up the Corsi with the Filipronic. Tyler Bertuzzi is one of the few Red Wings on this team who consistently has a Corsi that actually helps the team. In 2019-2020, he had a Corsi of 54.2. Last season, in his nine games played, he had a Corsi of 53.9. And so far, in four games played this year, he has a Corsi of fifty seven. Which is damn near elite territory. His possession metrics are really good. He is a player that needs to be on the team, on the ice with this team in every game. And I'm trying to where's I'm trying to look at his splits here for the season so far because on almost every game that he's played, he's produced in some degree. As I'm scrolling, 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 he had obviously he had the four goal game to open the season in Vancouver. He had an assist. He had a goal in Columbus. He would you know, nothing in ca- against Calgary because no one scored against Calgary, but then he had a goal <laughs> to assist tonight. I mean, he's I, I, he's got nine points in six games and he's starting off just as hot as he did last year despite having the back surgery. It's just, he's too important of a player for this team to sit out eight games. And again, I know this team's not going to make playoffs, but eight games is not insignificant.
0: No, it's not at all. And, it, and it's the, especially when you're, momentum is so huge in hockey and we talked about in in already in today's show and in yesterday's show about the the personality that this team is trying to take and trying to form and i think that he is very clearly a spark plug and just randomly pulling that out absolutely for for you know even if it is only eight times just you know this team's on a roll and then just just pulling it like it's one thing if if he was even if even one thing, if he was still on the bench or something, like he he's just not there, yeah. like like just not present. So I think that that is uh, that is a a it was very noticeable on Saturday. That that's really the the biggest thing uh, about this whole thing. No, no matter what your opinion is on any of it, he was he was undoubtedly missed on Saturday.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. And he's such a he is just such a talented player. And he's fifth in the league right now in goals, tied fifth. And it's just, with how much talent he has for him to be s- sitting in the press box in games when they go to Canada, it just, it, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating as a Red Wings fan because you know how good he is, and he's just not out there. Everything that you just said, Scotty, about him being a spark plug, not even in games, doesn't even have to score goals, but the grittiness he brings, the energy he brings, that's it's something that the team needs, and it's just going to be absent anytime they play in toronto anytime they play in montreal the one time they play in winnipeg the one time they play in vancouver etc etc and i mean those are just you just need him to be there every single game when he's healthy and he won't be and it's just it's just it's a it's frustrating a little disappointing and i love him i love him to death but it's just it's so it's just frustrating it's i really can't say anything more than it's just frustrating (laughs)
0: No, no, it's you're right. It's frustrating and he was missed on Saturday. Yeah, it's that frustrating that's really the the, the two so biggest. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and I think one of the one of the other things that that I found incredibly frustrating was the Seattle Kraken <laughs> retiring the number 32. Yes,
1: actually think, good I, job. I was going to segue into that now too.
0: <laughs> I think I think that that's that's probably the other thing that uh, I, I've segued into it twice now in one show, which I just I, I think that that's wildly impressive. You're a king of segues, um,
1: man. You're just the best. It's just that locked on tigers experience.
0: I know it is. When you, you got to run the ship by yourself, and you you, you get you pick up uh, you pick up some tips and tricks in the segway game. But um, yeah, man, <laughs> full, it's unbelievably stupid. Full I, The second you texted me, we were like, hey, can we talk about this? I was like, yeah, let's rip it to shreds. This is dumb.
1: Full disclosure, though you might be the king of the Segway game, uh, Segway game here because I was never really good at that on my own podcast, but we'll get into that in the next segment. But first oh. let's talk about, uh, the Seattle, the Seattle cracking thing. Like you were saying, man, this is just, I actually got into an argument with my roommate and I, not an argument, but we were discussing it and he's not really much of a sports fan, but, uh, I was telling them like, how stupid it was. They retired the banner 32. One, for being an expansion team. But the other reason was even more asinine. Because they got 32,000 deposits down on season tickets. And they're like, let's retire the number 32. And I, I might come off as an elitist. I might come off as a purist. But I think it's so stupid to retire a number. And Minnesota did it too. Where they retired number one for you know, the fans being number one. But retiring a number should be reserved for... Players that had a lasting impact on your team as a franchise, and a lasting and/or a lasting impact on the league as a whole, and yeah, you can't just. You I can't, wholeheartedly agree with you. Yeah, you can't just retire the it's number stupid. thirty-two as a PR stunt. It's just stupid.
0: It's stupid. The the it, it's the exact same thing as like there's a couple of basketball teams out there that have the number six retired because the sixth man. Is the fans and like that's awesome. There, there's there's football programs Didn't the at the collegiate level that have the number eleven retired. Right? Yes, yeah, them the too. Yeah, the number eleven is retired for the eleventh man. Stop it.
1: Because stop it's, it. And I'm looking at this as an a fan of an original six team, and I know like I'm sounding like a snob right now, but you look at the banners, the names that are retired in the Little Caesars Arena. You got Terry Sachuk, you got Red Kelly, who's a recent addition, a deserved addition. You got Nicholas Lidstrom, you got Ted Lindsay, you got Cordy Howe, you got Alex Delvecchio, I mean you got Steve Eiserman, of course. There should be Sergei Fedorov up there, but that's a different topic. I mean, <laughs> these are all guys who Sid Abel, can't forget Sid Abel. I think that's all of them. Hope I'm not forgetting any. I mean, these are all guys who had a lasting impact on the Red Wings in their best years. And had a lasting impact on the league. I mean, Gordie Howe was Mr. Hockey. Terry Sawchuk, for the longest time, was considered the best goalie of all time until, you know, goalie goaltending got reinvented, basically. Right. And to, to just to tarnish what is supposed to be a high honor by just retiring the number 32, it feels disrespectful to the sport, especially when you're doing it as a PR stunt to try and generate talk. And, oh, my God, I'm having this revelation that I fell right into their hands. I'm talking yeah, about I guess. it. <laughs> it's fair.
0: I, I, I just think
1: it's it's also unnecessary
0: yes. in the fact that, like, look, man, if the Orlando Magic have, have n- never won a ring and they haven't had anyone good in their organization in two decades and they're like, you know what, we need to have, we need to sell out a stadium. Let's retire six for the sixth man and, and and give some props to the crowd. Sure, man. Good for you. Like, like, I, like it's stupid, and I'm still going to make fun of you, <laughs> but, like, you, you sold out the stadium for a night, and you haven't done that in 20 years. Congrats. Th- this is the beginning of a new franchise. If you need PR stunts like this to, to fill out your arena, which they don't, the attendance has been great. Seattle's been fantastic. I've loved watching them. Like, it, it they, they, it's so unnecessary. It's so unnecessary and not needed. They, they, they don't need any more PR. There's literally a commercial that plays at every single ESPN Plus hockey game that's just dedicated to you downloading the NHL app to track the Kraken specifically. <laughs> not your favorite team, just the Kraken. Like, they don't need... Any, any, this. They, they don't need it. It's stupid and it's dumb just out of principle but even more so for the fact that they're doing it for PR when they don't need any more PR. It's dumb.
1: Well, and imagine too, eventually they do get that Hall of Fame player or that impactful franchise player that they do decide to retire the, the number of. And so, next to 32, it's gonna be like, for example, number 15 so-and-so. And how stupid is that number 32 going to look next to that that Hall of Fame hockey player from the Seattle Kraken right. how it's just it's such a bad look in my eyes for a team i mean you look at how vegas handled like they honestly fumbled the whole unveiling of the golden knights remember the whole name reveal thing and everything yeah. up until the launch of the golden knights was just disaster after disaster and then like people were making fun of the name people were making fun of the logo and then they come out and really, you know what puts them apart from everyone else is in-game experience. They don't need dumb PR. They're a show. Yeah, they are. They're, I, I went They're and, a show. I went and watched them literally a month before the pandemic hit. I went to Vegas and watched them play the Lightning. Great matchup at T-Mobile Arena. And their in-game experience is insane. And that's how they generate fan base. That's how they generate talk. Helps that their team's actually really good, too. But, I mean, they don't need to get, they don't need these like gimmicky banner-raising ceremonies to generate talk. They just do it through action and i i just can't get behind the 32 i know i sound like a snob but that's just my personal No, no I, I,
0: yeah i do too it's i think it's stupid and like you said like how how ridiculous is it gonna be when like maddie veneers number whatever and then next to it it's 32 the fans like that's, that's <laughs> gonna look stupid dude it's it's disney it's dumb it's not even 32 the fans it's 32 us <laughs> right. Like have, have, like retiring our uh, everything about it's dumb. Everything about it's dumb. So
1: um, on that dumb note, we're going to get to something else that's dumb. And that's me and Scotty getting to know each other <laughs> for the sake of <laughs> you, you the listener. And we'll get to <laughs> that in segment three right on the other side of this break. But first, we got to talk to you guys about Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you ever need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend thirty? 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and they have reliably low prices for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. off gives him the business. All right, welcome back to segment three of the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I'm Brian Fisher. With me is Scotty Bentley. If you've been here for the previous two segments, you would know that already. If you're tuning in just now to listen to this Get to Know Your Host segment, then you're in luck because that's exactly what we're going to do. I don't know where I'm going with this. Scotty, take us away.
0: Hell yeah. No, okay. So my first question is um previous pre- previous previous podcast experience. I think that uh like I've been a guest on on your show. You've talked hockey a lot in the past. Um your your Twitter is very much hockey heavy, but you 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 talk about all Detroit sports a lot. Just previous podcast experience in general. Give the, give the people a feel of, uh, cause this is far from your, your first podcast or your first show. And obviously we'll get into the production later. So what, uh, what, what's your previous podcast resume look
1: like? Um, so about a year ago, once the pandemic hit, I was like, because I'm at 97 one, my hours got cut because of the pandemic. I was like, I still got to get mic reps and I still want to talk about sports. I need an outlet. So I hit up my college co host from my days at Wxou 88.3 FM, uh, the college radio station at Oakland university and say, Hey, you want to start a podcast together? And we're going to talk all four Detroit major sports with an emphasis on hockey. Cause we both play hockey. And so for the past year, we've been doing a once a week. Uh, we try to be consistent, but we haven't always been, let's it's just the, the state of the world. Um, Neither have we. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, about all four major sports. We talk national too, but with an emphasis on hockey, we mostly talk hockey. And so, um, that kind of yeah helped lead me here. Yeah. And then. Yeah. It's a beauty. It's a beauty. I It was a, a
0: great show. I, I love being a guest on it.
1: Yeah. It was called the breakout. I don't think I mentioned that it was called the breakout. We only got like 10 to 12 listeners every episode. It was all our friends, but they are all really supportive. And I'm looking forward to bringing that, that 10 to 12 listener audience to bolster the numbers of the lockdown run Um, I actually had a question for you too, because they, they kind of mentioned it in the episode, Nolan's going away episode when handing off the torch about how you kind of mentioned how you didn't really, you came from just being a guy on Twitter almost. And I wanted to get a little bit more detail on that. Cause that's something I didn't know about. I kind of assumed you were also a guy in the, in the broadcasting sphere. So I want to know how you got started in this whole podcast game.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Nolan picked me out of, uh, of, of Twitter. And, uh, yeah, man, I, uh, I, I started off by just being Twitter. And, uh, that was, that was my, my big thing was just the pandemic hit started. Um, I had a lot of burners for like every team Boy, and in, yeah. And and instead I was like, you know what, if I want to make it in this industry, got to, got to put my name out there and my actual name and, and stuff. And so I started using my personal Twitter and, uh, and yeah, I uh, I made somewhat of a name for myself. The doll to Detroit thing was how Nolan came across me. That was like my my big kind of explosion on Twitter. And uh and so Nolan called me one day and and said that Ethan got like a big boy job and was kinda 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 be more in an in and out than he would have liked in the past and uh and was looking for another co-host to kinda get started and so i said yes and and the reason that he picked me out was because I started my own podcast, the Bentley show may it rest in peace uh Backpack's was was uh, <laughs> was uh was was my own show that i created i i only i' don't, i don't even know if I reached double digit episodes before nolan came uh came, called me with um with locked on red wings. so uh yeah, that, that was really the, the big thing and, and so I, I got a lot more comfortable with that and then baseball is my my first love and, and the butter. sport that I uh yeah the, the, the sport that I that I definitely cover the most. So then when uh Chris Castellani got a got a big opportunity at Barstool, I I was the, the first choice to take over that and it was a no brainer for me and now yeah, here we are. So now I have you know, in in January of this year this calendar year i i had never been on a podcast before and now i i people reach out to me and i i do guests on shows and i i host two um i i write for a site called diamond digest that has a weekly podcast that i that i'm uh did my hand into as well just yeah all all around it It went from went from not a part of anything to like one of the biggest sources of, of my, uh, of my brand.
1: So that's where you made you your, go. uh, Diamond Digest is where you made your Spencer Turnbull take, right? Right before he threw that no hitter, you said he was going to throw a no hitter.
0: Yes, yes, yes. He, uh, that, that was definitely one of them. The, the, the whole Spencer Turnbull thing in general was, um, a a big thing for me and and Chris, just really a lot of Tigers Twitter people. But yeah, between that and Doll, that those were my two biggest breaks for sure.
1: You were talking about how I made a promotion, dude. Imagine going from Twitter shit poster to host of two Locked On podcasts. That's pretty awesome, dude. That's yeah, dude, yeah. You're, that's, you're that's my strides, path, dude.
0: Yes, that uh, that is certainly my path, but um. But yeah, that is that is the the story of me in this industry. And then, yeah, now writing for for a lot of places, writing for the news, just uh, just all around, literally because of Twitter. Um, So that's as as much as as much as it gets to me sometimes. And and I need to take a break. It is it is certainly one of the biggest sources of uh, of where I am today and and getting my foot into the door of this industry. So so definitely, definitely grateful in that sense for it. That's awesome. Um, Let's uh you've been our producer for a while. You've been the producer at 97.1. Talk about your uh your your production background and also I I need to know about uh you you calling games, being the arena announcer
1: at OU. Oh wow, okay. So you asked me to unpack a lot here. Um, <laughs> where to begin. Um so I went to Oakland University, obviously I was part of WXOU. And that was an actual FM radio station. It didn't have a large signal, but it was an actual FM radio station. College is when I decided I wanted to pursue broadcasting, mainly because I suck at hockey. I play it. I love it. I suck at it. And I realized I wasn't going to go pro. So I decided to play men's league. And I was like, I still want to stay involved. So I decided to go broadcasting. Um, Doing that with the college radio station, I ended up helping out at Oakland's hockey games. That was part of the gig being the radio, uh, college radio station. And I started doing PA doing that. And... They really liked me because I love to ham it up. I love hockey. They're like 10 people in the crowd, but those 10 people, man, they loved me. <laughs> um, and so the GM liked me. His name is Corey. I asked Corey after I got more comfortable. I think the year I graduated, I was like, Hey, can I come on and do color with you? And he was like, yeah, of course. Like we like having you. So I do it, started doing color commentary and I still do PA. Sometimes it really depends on where they need me the most that day. And you know, all those experiences, helped me get my job at The Ticket because Oakland University is kind of a pipeline uh, for producers at The Ticket. I mean, Kenny Cott, who's the call screener, producer for The Valenny Show, buddy from mine from college, he he and I left Oakland University the same year. James Kennedy is another producer. He uh, He's a producer at The Ticket as well. He was at Oakland with me. He graduated two years before me. Like, there's just multiple people and it's like a pipeline from Oakland University. And so they helped me get in. Um, I started producing overnights. I gained more trust. They started letting me do live sports updates on the air. Uh, they Then they trained me on how to produce the Red Wings. They produced let, trained me on the Tigers, the Pistons. And now I produce the Lions for 97 won the ticket. So And that's the um, the biggest thing the tickets got going for it. It's a multi million dollar broadcast, and I'm in charge of producing that. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, but the rumors you hear about radio you know, being a, being a grinder, very true, <laughs> but yes. that, that job is, a, is a blast. Um, so that's how I got to 97 one and what I do there. Um, then pandemic hit, I had a full-time job. I was the, um, it was my part-time job working in Hockey Town Authentics in Troy. I was the man, uh, I ended up becoming the manager there because it was the job that decided to give me full-time and pay me unlike the radio station, but that's a different That's a different rant. um, <laughs> And that became my full time job. And the pandemic hit. So I was furloughed from that. I told you, you're asking me to unpack a lot here. Dang. Uh, so, in the middle of the pandemic, one of my buddies from the Rick College radio station reached out and said, Hey, the lockdown Red Wings need a producer. I remember you really liked the Red Wings. So I put in a good word and recommended you. And then I reached out to Nolan. I started with Nolan and Ethan. Then you came on board. I've been a producer since then. Now I'm here and now I'm all furlough from my full time job. So I currently have four jobs that i'm trying to balance i have my full-time job as retail management at little caesar's arena so if you ever come to a red wings game you'll catch me i'll be there i'll be in the team store probably um i'm at oakland university doing helping call their home games when i'm available that's a volunteer thing so it's only when i'm available i'm doing this podcast and i'm still a producer producing the lions games every sunday at 97 on the ticket trying to make my passions work
0: Hell yeah, baby! That's the grind.
1: That that's the I am grind. absolutely grinding, and I cannot wait to burn out.
0: Yeah, hell yeah! No, I mean like that's uh, that's. I think I think that's what the people want to hear. Passion, <laughs> baby! Passion shines through.
1: I love hockey, guys. That is one thing that you're going to find out is very true with me. Is I I love absolutely.
0: hockey. Absolutely, damn
1: right. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a ride, man. It's a ride. Uh. <laughs> what about you, man? Like where you, where are you going? Where are you? Where, how'd you get, we already talked about how you got here, but
0: yeah, no, I mean uh, the biggest thing, like this, this industry was such a pipe dream a year ago. And now I like very much have my foot in it. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm freelancing at the Detroit news now. That is uh, covering sick, by the way. High school sports. Yeah. Which is, which is super cool. So if you, if you, Ever, uh, if you ever read about uh, tennis or cross country, you're you're reading uh, you're reading an, an update from me uh, for the Detroit News. So like that, and then obviously Locked On Tigers has been a, a huge thing for me, and I've really established myself as as uh, the amount of opportunities and and guest appearances and and stuff that I have gotten from uh, being a, a, as prevalent as I am on on Locked On Tigers has been incredible. Um, and, and then, yeah, like this is obviously the the first thing I was brought on board to do the first podcast I did. I love the hell out of hockey. And, and, um, so I, I guess just the, the biggest thing for me going forward is just to buckle down and continue to do what I am doing, but, uh, get more and more of a platform doing it and then get, you know, uh, more and more mo- money doing it. <laughs> that's 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 pretty much it. That's pretty much yeah. that. Everybody in this industry is pretty much that. So, um, but yeah, all, I- incredibly awesome how uh, how it all worked out and just taking advantage of of opportunities. Man, it's it's been a hell of a ride. Um, the the final question that I will ask you is. Your love for the Detroit Red Wings, specifically, like young childhood, whatever memories about about the Red Wings. When did you fall in love with the Wings? And uh, and yeah, I guess I guess that's kind of it. Just just a background of your Red Wings fandom specifically.
1: Um, well, I grew up in a household that just loved sports in general. Um, my my dad. It's funny, ironically enough, I ended up playing hockey, and that was the one sport my dad didn't really know that well. But it was th- still on the TV. Um, growing up, and I think it was actually, ironically enough, I didn't really start following the wings until Steve Eiserman's final season, and I was like, oh my god, this Steve Eiserman guy is really, really good, and then he freaking retired on me, and I was like, what do I do now? Like, what am I supposed to do now? And then, so I kept following them, and 08, when they won the cup, was when I was like, oh, I love hockey. This isn't just the thing I like. I love hockey. So, and like with most young hockey fans, it's when the team's successful is when you fall in love with them, and that's the case. That was the case for me because in 2008 I was only 12 years old. I'm only 25 right now, um, and then like some of my best memories come from 2008 and beyond. You know, 09 they had you know Darren Helm's OT goal. 2013 you had Henry Hell, Zetterberg's uh, OT goal to take him to Game Seven against Anaheim Ducks where they and then they played Chicago. So you know some of my best mem- memories are actually from the more recent iterations. I say more recent, but it's over a decade a old now. But um, just because of my age, it, it just I. Datsuk, Zetterberg, Nicholas Lidstrom was the guy I idolized growing up. I I, I asked my – I was in English, and they had announced the conference was going to happen in the middle of hu- my day at high school. And I asked my teacher, I'm like, can we put this press conference on because I think the captain of the Red Wings, is going <laughs> to retire. And so my teacher let me put the Nicholas Lidstrom retired really? press conference on the projector in the middle of the class, me and this one other kid who played for the high school hockey team were the only ones who wanted to watch it, but she caved to us and let us watch the press conference. That's awesome. I though. wanted to see Nick Lidstrom retire, and he was choking up, and I was sad, because that was I played defense growing up. That was the guy I idolized. So, I really, I guess, you know, Steve Eisenman, you know, started me on this journey, but it was really Nick Lidstrom that hooked me. I mean, he was the guy I, I looked to on how I wanted to emulate my game. Granted, I couldn't, because I'm not very talented at the sport, but I tried my damnedest. <laughs> It's all the me- passion, baby. It's the yeah. theme. Passion's the theme. Yeah, I
0: think. I think, uh, I think that's all I. I had for like uh, people getting to know Brian. We got the. We got the. The current jobs. We got the. Red Wings, and we got the podcast history. Wow. I think that's. Uh, I think that's. That's all she wrote.
1: I will give a quick disclaimer. If you're following me on Twitter and you see me ever post anime, sorry. That that is a <laughs> thing I like. I will be. Hey. I'll be fully upfront. Hey, that that's all right. I'm a great follow. I really great am. Follow. Great so is follow. So Scotty Bentley. Follow him. What, what's, your, what's your Twitter? At Scotty Bentley? At Bentley Scotty. At Bentley Scotty. Don't want to get that mixed I though. Had to flip
0: it up on you. Uh,
1: I am uh, at Brian Fisher 971. Uh, we'll catch you guys next, or not next week. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. I'm used to the breakout where we were a weekly <laughs> podcast. We'll catch you guys tomorrow on Wednesday. Uh, but before we go, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day now make your second listen locked on fantasy hockey host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league it's free and available on all platforms uh Scotty we're gonna peace out here uh what's the outro again I'm still learning this same time, time same time same place, same place your, your team,
0: team
1: every day. day there we go I'm gonna get this one of these days thanks guys <laughs>